Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Bergio, Mark Novak, episode 341 after Christmas. Mark, rental payments. This, as we sort of known and we can always see on the books, it can be a, bit, a, a big difficult time for everybody and some people with rental payments. And we, we, uh, we continually see some good things people do and how they handle it, but also some ways we don't recommend people handle it that they do. So the point of today's show is pass on some experience that we um, we hear across the board and how we can help. Good morning, Frida. Hey, Frida. Look, yeah, it is. You know, look, we're managing three, 4,000 individual tenants and it's a really, really difficult time of the year because um, you've got spending, um, you've got prezies to buy, you've got holidays that, that have been taken. Uh, even if you're not going away, you, some, some works are still... Uh, asking you to take holidays for a week or two, and you, you've got to get that money to uh, to to go through all all that all those things. And rents generally your biggest cost. So at the moment we find the arrears blows out, and um, there's good strategies and bad and bad strategies um, that are out there. Well, let's go through how the Tenancy Act, the Residential Tenancy Act handles it. Like, what are some key dates um, for a tenant should automatically be aware of when they can receive it, when they would get handed a termination letter? What are the key act dates? Is it 10 days late, 14? Is it five days? When can they be terminated? I think a lot of people would want to know. Well, at the moment, um, COVID's, COVID's brought upon a lot of change with, with that sort of legislation there. But generally speaking, yeah. it Without has any always had, yeah. yeah, 14 days is, is sort of the magic number. Um, and not only that, but it actually appears on your ledger. So even if you're disciplined and you pay on that 13th day and you're actually undisciplined because you've been late for 13 days, um, it does still come up on your ledger. So you've got to be a little bit careful about that. So is it 14 days you get the letter to terminate and then you're going to be out the next day or is it you get a letter in 14 days and you've got to be without you got to be out within 30 days Correct yeah so you got to basically you get you get your, you'll get your notice period to move out you'll be given your required period after 14 days plus there's a bit of postage in there as well um, but you've got to um, you just got to bear in mind that you will get message, like calls, messages, emails prior to that. So there's plenty of warning. Um, look, you know when your rent's due anyway, yeah? Even without the agent reminding you, you know when your rent's actually due. Yes, it's more that some people will ignore the agent, they'll see it, the office is calling or they've got the agent's number and they'll just bury their head in the sand. And we, by knowing those dates, if there's basically no communication, that's sort of that's what's going to happen. You're going to get the termination late. Even if you're even if in your mind you're going to pay after 15 days, if there's been no communication on your side, then they've got to have to the agent's going to follow that sort of the policy there because you may not be speaking to the agent, but the owner will because the owner is expecting that money as well. And a lot of the time, that rent is covering their mortgage. So they're going to know if it's not in their account. They're going to be calling the agent going, what's going on? And in our experience, the worst 
comment back the agent can give is we don't know because then the owner's like we'll send them a termination it's a it, it triggers the most aggressive response from the owners keep in mind it's generally always the owner's instructions where mark communication is key and what type of Massive. communication like that where how can that help the communicating government tenant because don't get me wrong i'm sure it, it would be quite embarrassing not feeling good to say you don't have the funds 99 of tenants want to pay their rent on time but as you said, yep. it is an, embar it's an embarrassing process for, you know, it is, you know, it's, it's, um, these are hard times, um, and, you know, through COVID inner is, is hard times, but I think that you've got to realize that you're putting your landlord into that same embarrassment or you're putting that landlord into that same, um, uh, feeling of not being able to pay bills. So once you're not paying your rent as a prospective, as a tenant, then the landlord's not potentially not paying his mortgage. So that communication or even a bit of a heads up, then people can get prepared. So if, if you're a tenant and you've lost your job, for instance, if you've got, if you, before you go into arrears, if you're calling up your agent saying, look, this is my plan. This is what's happening. I may be, and don't forget that the agent's not the, not the adjudicator or the decision maker. The agent's the messenger. So at the end of the day, the agent will convey that to a landlord and each landlord's different. Some landlords will be very supportive. They've been there before. Some landlords will be zero tolerance. That's their policy. So it really is up to how the landlord wants to deal with that situation. But it all starts with communication. 100% and it's when it's like anything if you get caught off guard it pisses you off a lot more because if you think a lot of people always have the perception landlords have all this money but when you and a lot of the time it's probably when a tenant hasn't bought before and that landlord may have saved up for 10 years for that deposit only had that deposit put it all in the property and then they're on a on an on an average wage so when they're being blindsided without the rental payment it can cause them to be late and then it can cause them to be less tolerable. So, but if they've got yep. their heads up over, yep, lost my job, I'll have money in four weeks, then the, the landlord goes, oh, maybe I can ask my parents for money, I can transfer from a separate account or things like that. It's just that communication is key. And we always see a lot of the time that harder line from the landlord when they get blindsided like anyone but you understand a lot of the tenants are running around in the background trying to make it so they don't be late. But I think it, sometimes it's inevitable, but the communication is available there. Um, okay. So after 14 days, you're given 14 days to move out. If you pay your rent, can you stay in the property if you catch up? Yeah, generally, yes. Generally, the letter of a termination will say it works two ways. Yes, the answer is yes, because when you pay, it's sort of, it, you've got that stain on your ledger, on your report, but it basically wipes out the default. But then a lot of agents will also say in the letter, partial or full payment, which sort of incentivizes the negotiation, set up a payment plan, because you may be able to pay 80% of the rent, and then next time you can pay an additional 20% and catch up. So that's where the communication will help. Because if you sort of you communicate with the agent saying we can pay half now and in three weeks or two weeks we'll be able to pay the rest, can you let the owner know it's coming? And then that can sort of pause that termination. A lot of the time the agent may leave, the, if you've only paid part payment, they leave the termination there but they don't execute it 
because if you don't fulfill your obligations, which you've said in two weeks will pay, then it still stands. But my understanding is if it's a full payment and you're, you've caught up under your lease, then it does void that termination and the future date of vacating. So I think, I think that's a big one you touched on. Um, tenants that are out there, if you can get any money um, towards the landlord, if not necessarily the whole amount, it just shows a good intention as well. It just shows that you, you know, you are, you have, you are trying, you are having a go. Uh, you, you know, you're on the way, to, on the road to recovery, hopefully, um, because it's a, it's a rolling debt that's getting bigger and bigger. So if you can chisel away at it, really, really important. Um, now, responsibility for arrears. This is also really important. You may be there. May be two tenants on the lease. And you may be a great payer and the other tenant is a shocker of a payer. You are as responsible for the rental arrears than yeah. the other tenant then, right? So you you so you may think that you're you're not being blemished, but when you sign a lease and you are partnering up with someone on a lease, you are taking on the whole debt yourself if they don't pay. So it's really, really important that the person that you choose to get in bed with with your lease is going to be an honourable person with their debts. Yeah, and and it's also, you may say to your head, oh, I'll be able to tell the future landlord it was a roommate, but they're not going to hold much weight to that because it's your responsibility. If anything, they'll judge you just as poorly as the non-rental payment because you're both in it together. You would almost, you would almost rather if you can pay their portion of it and you chase your friend rather than putting your hands up and go, well, I'm just blaming him. The agent can chase him because it will smear your ledger just as much because as much as you may think it's a genuine excuse, it, it was the other party, a lot of agents looking at an application won't look at it, like won't care. Owners don't care. So even though you may think it's a valid excuse and it may be valid you may still be working and can just cover it but he can't but you will get judged almost as badly as the person non-paying and if not as badly because how can you prove it unless you go into more detail and show that you are otherwise it's going to be like everyone says that it was my roommate it was my roommate it's the most common excuse we probably hear so don't hold too much weight on it see what you guys can work out between you to make it work even if you cover 75 percent and you've covered an extra 25 percent for him or start looking for a new room. You know what else? Even just front up, um, just turn up to the real estate agent's office and have a chat. Um, that, I think people these days miss that, miss that a little bit. Mm. That that good old oh, yeah. belly to belly to no belly email. conversation. No email. Yeah, not, no email. Not hiding. Not hiding behind emails or even phone calls potentially, but belly to belly, fronting up to the office and saying, "Hey, this is the situation." Can I talk with my property manager? Have a talk with your property manager. Say this is what's happened, and then just just sort of work it through. Super important. And don't uh, send a list. We, have we missed on arrears? Another tip: don't send a list of shit around the apartment that was not fixed as an excuse of not paying rent. For court yeah. purposes, they hate that and they penalise you even further. What I what I see here is like a tenant would be like send a full email of how shit the place is. This was never fixed. We asked for this. This was never done. And by the way, I can't pay my rent. I'm not paying my rent. The biggest thing due court, to this. Yeah, due to this. Just be honest. Get on the phone call. 
because the reason is not saying those like two wrongs don't make a right. And from our experience, when we get into tribunal, the 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 judge will basically separate the excuse like separate the issues: rental payment arrears, uh, sorry, rental arrears, and let's say um, repairs. And they're always like, if you try and use the arrears as an excuse, as for, because the arrears, uh, repairs weren't done, they're like, no, arrears is a financial agreement. You broke it. Don't care about anything else. I'm not the the basically the repairs don't matter if you're not up to date in rent. Like that's not coming from the agent or the landlord. Where you think that could be a very biased opinion. Of course, you're going to say, if I don't pay my rent, nothing else matters. That basically comes from the courts, and you hear that very often. The owner's wrong does not make a right like equal you can have a wrong. And they're very firm on that, aren't they, Mark? Like I always hear that from property managers. Yeah, the tribunal members, you know, they really are diplomats. And and look, I know I know so basically guys and girls, if 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 it can't be resolved, um, or if matters have to be taken further, it ends up going to a tribunal situation. And that's when a the tribunal member sits with the with the tenant, sits with the landlord's representative or the landlord, generally the agent. Um, and then they, they work out, okay, where's this where's this derailed? When they're there in arrears, you're right, there's less there's there's not really any tolerance towards that at all. That's probably the number one thing um, that um, that they're not tolerant about tribunal members correct that's a wrap that's a wrap so everyone enjoy your little Chrissy break and whoever's working good on you and we'll be here we'll be back tomorrow morning we're going to talk about stamp duty currently and the new stamp duty proposal with a with our um, guest accountant Harry that's going to be really interesting so um, yeah and Northern Beaches good on you we are we are okay we uh, we're shrinking the numbers and um, it's going to be an interesting New Year's Eve, hey? Yeah, I think a lot of the restrictions for us on the southern th- side are until Jan 2, I think they said, and northern side Jan 9. So it'll be it'll be interesting. House parties. I suppose they were the best New Year's Eve anyway, anyway. So is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> All righty, back yeah. tomorrow. Cheers. See you, legend. Cheers, man. Bye.